Tommy, I don't always look like this. I've been Christmas shopping. <laughs> oh my God, did you actually remember on the way over? I did. Every year I uh, watch uh, The Thin Man, and every year I remind Kathy of that line where fabulous uh, Nora Charles lands up flat on her face in a bar, and she's just been Christmas shopping. I just watched, actually, I just bought a bunch of those movies, and I just watched The Thin Man Goes Home, and he's oh. not drinking in it. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yes, he still solves the crime, and he starts drinking at the end. <laughs> but anyway, okay, I think you're first. Yeah, we have a couple of sort of um, thematic ones. Yours uh, to do with the season. Yours is a little more upbeat. Mine is a <laughs> more of a buzzkill yeah. kind of thing. But I think it's important. It's about it's fast very fashion. Uh, I was which, shocked, actually, when yeah, I read this. Yeah, it's, a, you know, fast fashion being basically how um, chains like Joe Fresh or Zara or H&M basically do high style, but fairly inexpensive and, you know, not super durable kinds of um, clothes that are sold for low prices. And, you know, they turn over, so they're not like one collection a season. They keep turning them over and turning them over and turning them over. Yeah, it's almost like it's every two weeks. It seems like it. So there was an article in Motherboard basically talking about the impact of this kind of thing. You know, what happens is these things go out on the shelf and, you know, some of them sell, obviously, but other ones get discounted and discounted. So one way that these uh, clothes go after we're finished with them is they go to like secondary markets in uh, the developing world. So uh, places like Uganda, for instance, Mm -hmm. where a lot of the clothing market is uh, used clothes. But according to this article, that's only 16 percent of the total of the used clothes, the rest of it ends up basically... It's bad fashion and nobody wants. 84% of used clothes go straight into uh, landfills or into incinerators. Yeah. And so, and there's also these added thing, which is that some of the fibers in uh, these synthetics, they might not, you know, they have dyes, they have all kinds of things that might not necessarily be so great for just, you know, it's not like you can just compost them or whatever, right? So exactly what this article is talking about is the high impact of our addiction to these clothes, which are very cheap. So we in the West can afford to have lots of them, but they're actually creating this enormous amount of like landfill waste or incinerator waste. When I read this, I thought we Okay, it's time for negative anti-Christmas, <laughs> but I thought, I think that we are slowly or quickly gathering towards a perfect storm. Okay, you've got Donald Trump, who's just won the U.S. election, mm-hmm. who says he's going to bring all manufacturing back to the U.S. Who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> those people are not going to work for those types of wages, okay? Yeah. And consumers want to buy things that are extremely cheap, cheap, right? That's the other side of it. Exactly. But if we... If he's not going to allow imports in, and they won't be able to be making these clothes, and we also have all of this garbage that's amassing, when does it eventually just go boom? It concerns me, actually, it really concerns me a lot about the promises that he's making in terms of... um, turning North America back into 1955 when it's just, it can't possibly happen. And then we've created a society that lives on consumerism, Mm -hmm. but we have a planet that can't get rid of all the junk that we've made and we've consumed. So, you know, that to me is sort of the storm. 
Yeah. I mean, does it make, does my storm make sense? <laughs> or should we stop and start again? No, 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 I think it does make sense. I mean, I do think that there's this inherent problem, which is to say, you know, bring jobs back or whatever, but at the same time, you know, you want to be able to buy your $6 t-shirt or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a but certain it's problem there. And I, th and I think I do like to defer to you in this because you have always been really good about buying the best quality that you can, taking care of it, and keeping it. Like, you have stuff that you've had for a really long time. From the Look 80s. after it. From the 80s. I have leather pants. And now it's back. <laughs> That's right, my Mad Max leather pants. Mm -hmm. No, when, it, when I was reading about how long it takes for things like sequins to, if they ever biodegrade, mm -hmm. it's, there's no space for it. Yeah. But, you know, remember when you and I were talking, like, earlier on in the sniffer, like after the global financial crisis hit, and we were all kind of talking about how maybe this is the wake-up call we needed in terms of the giant shopping hangover we've had for the last 20 years, and yet here we are at the same point, all this, whatever that is, eight years later, we're still like addicted to shopping. Well, it's got to keep going or else everything, the world as we know it will fall apart. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you well, do have something a little more fun. I have fun Less toys. <laughs> yes. It was toys for and, and gifts for hermits. <laughs> Which, I that's Which describes both of us pretty yeah, much, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a whole bunch of them, and I won't outline all of them because there were quite a number. But this one, ooh. The PlayStation VR. At first, I looked right over it and went poof. Mm -hmm. But then I sort of it stopped because it had Batman in Arkham. I went, hmm. Being a Bat fan of right. the <laughs> highest order, I pressed the button. You know, you've got the goggles on. You've got the VR goggles on. You've got the game in, and you're Batman in his Bat cave, and you're like pressing these buttons. You open up this little um, wall, and there's the Joker mm -hmm. taunting you, and it was so creepy and so real, and I thought, oh my God, I could spend a, a week in here, mm -hmm. in my <laughs> gift number two. You could get me this one, actually. It's fairly inexpensive. <laughs> it's a sharky blanket. <laughs> it looks just like a giant shark, a human-sized sleeping shark. And you it's like a big, um, like a plush toy. Yes. <laughs> you sort of whoosh into, but it looks like a shark. But it's almost like a little sleeping bag, but your head's coming out of the mouth of the shark. Shark, yeah. Yeah, you look just like, Ron, um, like uh, Robert Shaw. Or he gets swallowed up. <laughs> I can yeah. picture you watching videos and in your little uh, shark slanket. <laughs> Using my Pico brew. Mm -hmm. Oh, as you know, I guess probably by now everybody knows I love beer. Especially now I love craft beer. And this, oh, oh, the Pico brew. I did not notice the price point on the Pico brew. <laughs> it says a magical $800. That's not too magical yeah. for me. Let's go back to the shark. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, it's this system. It lets you craft your own beer. And you can get these packets of brew from breweries all over the world. And then you just sort of roll over in here. Goggles, <laughs> like you're in the bad cave. In your shark blanket. In your shark blanket, and you pour yourself some Pico brew from Belgium, mm -hmm. and then enjoy and never go out. Yeah, some of the write-ups were comparing it to those um, query coffee pots, uh, pods, uh, but for beer, in the sense that it's just a little package, but it's basically taking 
brew specifications of specific, like actual real um, craft breweries from around the world. Yeah. And then you pop them in your thing and you know you make it kind of automatically it's a bit like the the bread computer model of um yeah. beer brewing because i like a million years ago i did brew my own beer from those you know you used to go to those brew your own places and get was um, it any good it was not bad i mean i i brewed i brewed i made my own wine Ugh. yeah you, home brewed beer is better than homemade wine i think but anyway but that was like you would get kind of a can of sort of syrup and i did know other people who did things like from the ground up toasted their own barley or whatever and all that but I never did that yeah yeah but this was you know this is sort of neater and lots of style points and stuff but it's 800 bucks I know they also had a ton of home monitoring yeah. devices yeah that's really the rage right now mm-hmm. everybody's got something so that you can monitor your home people are paranoid I know I was looking too but they're expensive yeah I mean just to return to the VR thing we um uh, somebody brought in some kind of consumer um, VR things for us to look at at Spark. And I've been to the Holodeck um, at Communitech in Waterloo, but this was yeah. my first time using just sort of ordinary, except for those ones that you brought in, ordinary yeah. um, VR goggles. And that we had two. One was like a sort of NBA type of theme thing where you're hanging out with Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And that, I did, fi- I did find it slightly nauseating. Yeah. But the other one was a, sort of an animated one. And I don't know whether it was, it was less realistic or what exactly the thing was, but it was really cool being in this kind of fantasy world. And the thing I found that was really amazing was how quickly your eyes just take over. And pretty quickly, uh-huh. the voices of your colleagues are just like, wah, 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 <laughs> in the background. And you're really in this other world. It's quite amazing how powerful our eyes are yeah um if you do you remember back to looking through the ones that i brought in to show you on spark mm-hmm. are they a ton better now they're not as heavy for one thing yeah we were looking at a movie though yeah, I alice think. in so, wonderland yeah. that's why I, I thought when you said it was kind of fantastical and that was what, what made it so neat that's why i really liked yeah this is more like about virtual environments that you can explore as opposed to following a narrative but there's certainly AR and VR. It's all about the two of them in 2017. I know, I know. Well, those will be my toys. Okay. Well, have a wonderful Christmas, Kathy. Oh, I did have one that I uh, you have a toy wanted you to wanted. get. There were, in that same list. I found it separately, but it's also in your list. It's a thing called Cosmo. It's, it's this so tiny cute. little cute R2-D2-ish kind of robot with, yeah. a, with a sort of like a bulldozer tractory like thing on the bottom. That's how it moves around. And it's really kind of neat. Like it's a bit like of a Tamagotchi type of thing that you're supposed to take care of it and, you know, play with it and things like that. But it also kind of learns what you like and what activities you like. And uh, it has some facial recognition capabilities. So it seemed like it would be actually like a really fun toy for like a kid who's into tech and into yeah. robotics it sounded really fun it's uh, called cosmo very but cool everything though in the last couple of months of the sniffer we've had so many stories that have been kind of like this with all of our little robots mm-hmm. that deliver pizzas and that yeah you know one thing that wasn't in here but i guess it's not really good for being stuck at home but was the drone there's the drone store oh really in yeah your neighborhood? just around the corner wow i just i can't wait the day that I can send my drone to your house <laughs> and bring you. We'll really never get together then once you can send a drone to my house. Yeah, but just a few <laughs> times. Send a drone just with a carry- little recorder in get- it and I'll just talk I- into it. I should just get carrier <laughs> pigeons. It would be so much more fun. <laughs> Have a great holiday, Kathy. You too. And to all of you. Yes, and we'll see you in the new year. Mm-hmm. Ho, ho, ho. Bye. Bye.